This is the Grow My Clinic podcast by Clinic Mastery, where we help you deliver amazing client experiences to grow your clinic. Well, welcome to another episode of the Grow My Clinic podcast. My name's Jack O'Brien. Thank you for joining us for another episode. And today we've got a couple of guests with us. We've got Andrew and Pete from PhysioFit. So Andrew Zachariah and Peter Flynn. Uh, these two gentlemen started PhysioFit based in Adelaide, uh, from scratch, they've they've launched a multidisciplinary clinic that has a world class facility. They've grown from scratch to having numerous team members and uh, really making a big difference in the physiotherapy world. So, thanks for joining us today, boys. No worries, mate. Thanks, mate. All right, let's uh, let's. I'd love to dig into your story a little bit more and uh, the origins of PhysioFit, how it came to be, and, and what you guys think you do differently. It might start with you, Peter. Can you give us a, a bit of a, a bit of the story behind how you became a physio and what you did leading up to starting PhysioFit? All right, so um, I did civil engineering straight out of uni for six months. I hated it and I failed everything. <laughs> what really, a really surprise! Well. Yeah, <laughs> so I dropped out of that and I ended up snapping my leg clean in half playing soccer and had to spend uh, three months in a full leg cast and then learn to walk again in a pool with a physio and about 10 other people over the age of 80 wow. recovering from uh, hip replacements. <laughs> um, and that physio really helped me get back on track and back into high-level sport and I decided I wanted to do that for, for other people. So I went down the exercise science route and I studied human, human movement and from there I did a master's in physiotherapy. When I finished my master's in physio, um, I was a tennis player. I decided to go to Europe and play tennis over there for eight to ten months. Wow. And the guy that sponsored me over there to go and play at his club in Germany uh, was a shoulder specialist, quite renowned. Uh, and I took every opportunity I could to sort of sit in at his clinic three or five days a week when I was there right. uh, in Germany and not traveling around. And I just observed and asked as many questions as I could. I couldn't practice in Germany because I couldn't pass the language test over there. Sure. <laughs> but um, it was great to just sit there, learn from him, um, and that just really spawned my interest in, in shoulders, which is pretty much all I do when I do consult these days. Okay. When I returned to Australia, I got a job uh, working at a small clinic um, and had a lot of disagreements, I guess, with the employee there on her philosophies about how patients should be treated, and she was very much... A numbers person, you know, at one stage she was seeing someone twice a day, five days a week. Wow. Which I felt was not not a great way to be going about it. I got into physiotherapy to sort of, I guess, help people and do the right thing by them. You know, if I did believe they needed that much, then sure. But um, a lot of the time I felt like she was just using people as um, cash cows. Sure. So after about three weeks, I <laughs> decided that I was no longer going to work there. At least it didn't take you long to figure that out. Um, and I was friends with, with Andrew. We worked together at the uni um, years prior and we kept in, in contact. Um, and I chatted to him because about four months earlier, he'd started his small business physio mode. Um, I'll let him talk about that more. He used to do that one day a week. And I had a chat to him about how he did that and the structure behind it and thought, why not give it a shot myself? So quit that job and I talked to a few CrossFit gym owners and um, mm-hmm. You know, emailed about 20 to 22 of them, uh, and two of them got back to me, and I ended up going with one of them and created a small business uh, down a dingy alley in an old warehouse <laughs> on an industrial street. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was initially Holden Hill Physiotherapy, the suburb that was located in. Mm-hmm. And I thought people will come here because of the quality of care, not where it is. And it was sure. really popular with athletes, not so much your general population too much with the location, but. Athletes, mm-hmm. strength athletes, CrossFit, they'd come down, uh, do some therapy there. And then about 
four or five months into that, Andrew and I over a palmy one day at the local pub decided <laughs> that, hey, we're doing all this work together and we do a lot of workshops together and whatnot. Uh, why don't we actually just really work together? I guess how we started PhysioFit over, over a palmy at the local pub. <laughs> <laughs> That's fascinating. I love it. And it, I think that'd be a common story across the, the listeners who no, not many people will leave uni and start their own practice. They'll work somewhere underneath someone else. And for whatever reason, whether it's a frustration with the methodology behind treating or a lack of control over their diary or hours, end up starting something uh, of their own out of a frustration. Um, and like you, it often is humble beginnings in the back streets in a, inside a gym or something like that. And, uh, your reputation starts to grow, but you guys have done more than just, you know, done more than just be great therapists and hope that people will come to you. We'll, we'll touch on that. A physio fit really is making a big difference and reaching out and finding the right types of clients. Because I think just opening the doors and hoping people come isn't a good strategy. Would you have found that in your early days too? Uh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say we just, well, I just opened and hoped, um, I've always, I guess, enjoyed hard work and, you know, it was not uncommon to see 80 to 100 hour weeks there where I would go out and meet people, just never been afraid to call people constantly until they respond or go out and meet them if they won't take my call. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that was something I was really good at in the early days was building those uh, relationships to build the client base up quickly. I started from black first week um, and Great. Never, had a, never had a week where we actually been in the red there, which is, is fantastic, but it just came down to like really getting out there, putting yourself out there, getting outside your comfort zone, public speaking, all those kinds of things. Sure. Um, and I mean, our mission statement here at PhysioShit is changing the healthcare experience for the better. Um, and you can re- probably really see in that, I guess, backstory where that's come from, the root sure. in that. It's interesting. And so tell me a little bit more about those bigger weeks. Obviously, you're not afraid of hard work, but were you seeing patients for 80 to 100 hours a week or it, it's actually the stuff outside the clinic consulting room that you had to work hard at? It's interesting. Now, I, I was working at the uni at the time uh, and I continued to work at the uni for, well, the first 18, 12 to 18 months there. Um, so my day went as follows. Uh, Monday to Friday, I would get up at 4.30 in the morning and go to the uni gym where I would work from quarter to six in the morning until 10.30 in the morning. Right. I'd then go to the gym myself and work till tw- uh, work out till 12. And then I would go to the clinic and I'd work there from 12.30 till about 10 at night. <laughs> with or without patients, either, you know, if I didn't have patients, I'd join in the CrossFit classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I didn't have patients, I'd, you know, I'd go out and go to sports clubs. I was also working with a soccer and a footy team. Mm-hmm. So that was a few nights a week plus all Saturday and half a day Sunday. Mm-hmm. So that was my Monday to Friday was, yeah, pretty much leave, leave the house at 5 o'clock, get home about 10.30. So that was Monday to Friday. Saturday was 9 till 5 at footy. Sunday was 1 till 5 at soccer. And then Sunday night was cook food for the next week because there wasn't much <laughs> time to, uh, to make food yeah, whilst right. I was there. Um, it wasn't 8 to 100 hours of uh, patience, um, but within sort of six months, I was seeing 80 to 100 patients a week. Yeah. I mean, it's a real testament to getting that work done outside the consulting room, really. Uh, okay, so we'll come back to your story. Let's change gears. Andrew, let's uh, let's hear your story, mate. How did you get into physio and um, what led up to PhysioFit? Yeah, I always find it interesting. I think um, my journey to physio is, is different to most. So I think a lot of physios always have that experience themselves, seeing a physio, uh, major injuries or ongoing injuries. Um, I never actually saw a physio before becoming one. 
I went down a strength conditioning exercise science pathway, so human movement as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I like the, the challenge of problem solving and I was almost selfish. I didn't like that I couldn't help them after injury. I had to wait till they were better to then train them. And sure. So early on, I guess I got that passion for like, I want to know what's wrong with you. I want to be able to help you. And that led to, to physiotherapy. So I went and did a master's of physio at UniSA after human movement and then went through from there. So I started started working at a sports clinic in Adelaide, um, which was, which was great. Um, another part, I guess, of my story is I actually had a, a workplace that I thought was, was quite good. So mm-hmm. it wasn't that I was uh, hating life or anything like that. Right. Okay. I just thought things could be done better. It was still, I guess, industry norm with most things. And I just thought that, yeah, there's, there's points of differences that could be made um, in the physio world. So after, I guess, chatting to the owners of that clinic about certain ideas and whatnot, just seemed like for whatever reason they weren't that interested. Um, and I just out of nowhere got an opportunity to, to open my own thing within a CrossFit gym in, in the, Adelaide's, uh, the Adelaide CBD, mm-hmm. CrossFit mode. And that's where, uh, yeah, originally physio mode started from, from. So I started doing that just, yeah, an afternoon or two a week. And then uh, actually had some, some family health concerns. So my mum got pretty sick and that actually took away most of my free time. So I actually couldn't go to the clinic because I had to be at home and, and, and doing things. She needed round-the-clock care mm-hmm. um, for a bit. So from having, I guess, leave from the other clinic, um, I was still doing that kind of half day a week by myself and that actually grew from there to the point that after six months, I still wasn't back at that clinic and I still couldn't give them definites of I can work these hours and I, I just didn't want to screw them around, to be honest. So mm. almost got put in that position of, all right, well, I still need income. <laughs> I still need some money. So I had to had to work a little bit on my business and just grew from there. As as Pete already mentioned, um, he had reached out at one point and I chatted to him and I think Pete Moore was like, oh, this guy can do it. I can do it. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he started his own gym and, and yeah, we started to, to catch up and try and help each other out as competitors. So we would give each other ideas, what's been working well for, for me, what's been working well for you. Yep. And uh, we even started doing presentations around um, Adelaide together as two separate businesses. So yeah, I guess that was interesting that, you know, we're more than happy to, to help each other out. And I guess that's where it, uh, like we came to that, that day at the pub where it was like, well, you know what, like it actually be smarter. We're actually helping each other out now. It's still kind of, you know, people still have to choose which clinic they go to. Like it'd actually be smarter to work together and sure. we're already doing half the things anyway. So, yeah, mine was that slightly different background of I actually liked where I worked. Yeah, I didn't have that physio background and I still got to this point. Um, so since then, um, yeah, we've just, we've just grown. So physio mode. I guess I was, that was around for about a, a year or so before we, we crossed over to physio fit. Mm-hmm. And even then it was still us uh, in kind of one room within the gym um, together. So across two locations. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, as we, as we grew, as, as Peter said, he was seeing 80 to a hundred people a week. My numbers were getting up there as well. We needed a, a new space and that's where I guess, yeah, we took it to that next level. Yeah, wow. And it really does probably speak to your, you know, that, that abundance mindset where we're not competitors, we're collaborators, right? We just, we've got a common goal. We want to see our profession uh, pushed forward and, and make a difference in people's lives. I love that. So uh, can one of you give us a snapshot of where PhysioFit is now, um, whatever you're comfortable to share, staff numbers, patients, 
type of facility and then we might map back and how we actually got to where you are now. So at the moment PhysioFit has 14 staff members not including Andrew and myself. Uh, actually doesn't really count to 11 staff members plus three podiatrists uh, who work here as well mm-hmm. um, but under Mel's Oldfield banner. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have six physiotherapists, uh, two massage therapists, two uh, admin team and then one practice manager. Great. And then Andrew and myself of course. Of course. And are you guys still clinical, seeing patients? So clinically at the moment, we do one afternoon a week, a Wednesday afternoon, um, usually from about one till five or one till six. Okay. Explain to me how you got to that point. You, you obviously have scaled back your clinical hours, but why have you still kept your hands on patients? I think scaling back, like initially, was quite hard. Like there is that passion there of, of helping people and being hands-on and you know, seeing that tangible result in front of you. I mean, obviously, by supporting our staff, we can you know, help heaps more people. But as Andrew talked about that selfish part before, it's almost like you do want to keep in touch with that and, and do a little bit of that at some point. Um, it is very flexible. You know, you can take weeks off here and there, um, trust our whole team to, to take on any clients that we do have. So, you know, there may be a point in the future where we decide to take you know, a few months off consulting. But at the moment, yeah, I think it's just that we've got the, the freedom to, to not do it, but we also have the freedom to, to choose to do it because we enjoy it. Right. Yeah. And that really is the takeaway, isn't it? That you've got the freedom to choose. There's no, not necessarily completely coming off the tools and not consulting isn't right. And likewise, staying on the tools is no more, um, you know, no more holy or self-righteous. It doesn't matter, but you've got the freedom to choose. Andrew, was it a similar situation for you? Yeah, definitely. I think a, a strong point of P&I is, is that mentoring of the team and, we realized early on that, you know, the stuff we do outside of seeing clients is, is just as important, if not sometimes more important for the success of the business. Um, and so we, we started stepping back to have a few extra hours or a day here and there that we could go and still meet with referrers, uh, nurture those relationships, work with our own team, um, get them to, to, to work just as hard and just as well with clients as, as we do. And I guess the more we did that, the more we realized we need to do even more. <laughs> Um, so, uh, it got to that point where at one stage Pete and I did plan to come off the tools completely and, you know, we chatted to the team about that. They were more than happy, um, to, to support us in doing that. And we got to the point where once we got down to that kind of one day or so, we realized we were able to do all the things we wanted to. And that's when it almost became a choice rather than not, we need to get rid of the last day. It was, we've got enough time now. Let's choose, you know, how many hours do we want to work? How much, uh, how much freedom, flexibility we want so we can still support our team. That's still probably the, the overlying uh, principle there is if we're stuck in the clinic seeing lots of clients and our team need us, then mm-hmm. we're not available for them. So putting that team first. It's interesting. I guess it's a, it's a principle from Jim Collins, right, of, of good to great. Sometimes you've got to lay aside your own personal desires for the, the greater mission or the, the higher purpose. So exactly. let's, uh, let's lean into that a little bit. Obviously, you guys are, are very similar values, very like-minded, probably got uh, a similar vision, but yet you're both very different types of people. <laughs> One's the, the nerdy physio and the other's the, the glamorous bodybuilder. So... <laughs> Can you speak a little bit into uh, the dynamics of a business, business partnership that works well? There's, there's a lot of horror stories out there, but there aren't many success stories. What is it in your partnership that makes it work? Well, I mean, Andrew is a fantastic bodybuilder. So you're looking for, I guess, you know, what makes the business partnership 
workplace. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, you know, it comes down to, again, those values and that principle and that, that mission statement, like we both want to change the healthcare experience for the better there. Uh, that's underlying and, you know, honesty, integrity, those sorts of things, which, you know, can be thrown around cheaply. But Andrew and I have, you know, we never even, I guess, got lawyers to, to do up our contract. It was just done up by ourselves. We've just sure. had that friendship there in the past, that trust, and we've always done the right thing by each other. We've always looked at what is the overarching goal, what is better for the clinic rather than as an individual. And we've always gone down that route and never actually struck any issues with that whenever we have a, you know, it's not often that we actually disagree on something. It often, you know, we'll write down what we're both thinking <laughs> and then it's the exact same thing, whether it comes to numbers or anything, right? Um, just for fun. Um, but, yeah, like we're more than happy to, to hear the open discussion. Everyone's got different perspectives on things. So sure. if someone looks at something differently, there's a, a reason they're looking at it differently because we both got the same end goal. We could have two different, completely different ideas on, on how to get there. No one's right or wrong. Um, just being able to see the other person's perspective um, and see how you can tie them both into get the best result for the business. Yeah, I think like having that, those open lines conversations is, is key there. Like, uh, like Pete said, we don't disagree often, but they're going to come up and it's being able to just talk about it and go, well, this is how I see it. This is how you see it. Where are the pros and cons of each? And again, like the ultimate goal is what's best for our team, for the clinic, for our clients. And if that's, yeah, if that's the over, overlying principle of how we make a decision, then you're always going to be on the same page by the end of it. Mm, that's interesting. I guess it takes being um, fairly humble and self-sacrificial. And it sounds like when you're having discussions where there might be friction, that everything passes back through that mission and that values. It, it doesn't matter about your personal preference. It's what matches the values most. Is that a fair assumption? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it honestly, it makes things so simple. Um, <laughs> like it, it really does. Like if we have a disagreement, it, it's over pretty quick because you just go back to that. It's, is it going to get us closer to our goal? To our mission, um, is it going to benefit to our team? You tick all those boxes. It's hard to say we shouldn't do it. Take me back to the that, start then. How, how did you come about crafting those values and, and that mission? To be honest, like, we hadn't sort of sat down initially and been like, this is our, these are our values, this sure. is our mission statement. Um, and, hey, it might have been worthwhile to do that more <laughs> initially. Um, but as with many things, it was our first time in business and we sort of just learned as we went um, with, Neither of us was having any sort of real business background at all. Um, so, yeah, we, I guess you could say those were the values that we sort of lived and breathed. Um, and it's kind of, it's very obvious to other people, you know, if you are honest, if you do have integrity, like sure. what you are really trying to do in the healthcare um, sort of environment there. I think the, the big thing when I opened up, people talked about um, or asked me, you know, what's, what's your point of difference? And, as a physio, and I was like, look, as a physio, I, I probably don't have a point of difference. I'd done extra study. I'd gone through, done my master's, done an honours degree in elite sports, all that kind of fun stuff. But I'd always answer, like, it's care factor. Like, I, at first, it was it was client-based. So, you know, having longer appointments, following up people, sending them resources, it was, it was that side of it. And um, I guess that's where Pete and I hit it off. It's, we'd worked together previously, and... Although we were mates, we weren't, you know, the closest of mates hang out every weekend or anything. Mm-hmm. But when it came to actually helping each other out, like we cared enough to help each other out. Like we didn't have to work together. I didn't have to help out Pete. He didn't have to help out me. But we obviously cared enough to, to want to help um, each sure. other and, and the people around us. So 
I think now the biggest thing I look for is I still refer to that word care. It's now looking after or caring for our team um, more so. And then even when I talk about looking after clients, I talk about like clients don't want to know uh, well, don't care how much you know. Um, they want to know how much you care. Sure. Yeah, right. That's that's fascinating. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about business. You, you mentioned there, Andrew, that um, you know you're both fantastic physios, but business is a new world, and it all kind of happened organically. Um, how did you embrace business? How did you learn? Did you enjoy it, or did you prefer patients? Give us a bit more insight there. I, I actually loved the business side of it. Um, Pete and I, I guess, share that that passion. I was always good at uh, numbers going mm-hmm. through school. Everyone, teachers, parents, that all tell me I should have gone and become an accountant. <laughs> um, but I, I, I didn't enjoy it. I was just really good at it. Um, and so business was interesting because I was able to do things like that's where I guess I started to like numbers. It was sure. interesting to look at. It was when I first started, it was, I was doing things in the business and I could see the numbers change or the business behind or when you'd go and do something, go meet with someone or do a marketing um, strategy, you could see it pay off. And so that actually really interests me and and drove me even further. And I'm, and I'm sure Pete has kind of that similar, similar story of just, it's always, yeah, good to see your hard work. Um, We'll seeing the rewards of that and seeing the the payoff, I guess. Absolutely. And like Andrew, I was an absolute maths geek in in high school. I loved numbers and, (laughs) If you could see the amount of Google spreadsheets we have to track every single thing, um, and I get bored and make new spreadsheets for different things quite often, it's quite simple. But when you can have it on paper, see it in front of you, you've got the numbers there; they're tangible. See them change; you can see that progress. It's a it's a really good feeling there. Um, so that's saying, I guess, we share in common there as well, which is good about the the business side of it. Sure. Okay. Let's let's talk a bit more about PhysioFit. Um, what are you most proud of? I'd say I'm most proud of the team, the team and the culture that we've, we've built here. Um, the fact that people love coming to work, um, that people, we've had people move from other clinics that are very highly regarded to come and work at our clinic. They've sought us out. Right. Um, and having people who we can get absolutely fantastic therapists, they were at the point where they didn't enjoy working in their, their previous job which surprised us greatly and they say they love every moment and they're willing to go above and beyond at every this opportunity here um, to help drive that vision for physical fit. Yeah, right. What about you, Andrew? Yeah, it's definitely the team. I find uh, like it's funny. We had our, our quarter cuddle um, not long ago and the feedback, we always get feedback on how, you know, everyone's going in the clinic and what are things that can improve. And, and one of the main things this quarter was more social events with the team. <laughs> um, so, you know, even from my background of um, you know coming from other clinic, another clinic, everyone got along well, but they didn't strive to hang out more with each other. <laughs> um, sure. You know what I mean? So, so to have that as kind of the environment and culture we currently have, like it's that's definitely like what we're most proud of. Um, like that's what I tell people. Like that's probably the other side of business that like uh, we enjoy most. Like we enjoy mentoring, and then I don't know seeing that we're creating a place that people actually enjoy coming to, and don't wake up and dread coming to work or seeing clients. It's, great feeling so what have you done to create a place that people love coming to work what is it about working at physiofit that they love i guess it's about well initially it's, it's the hiring process um important to pick people that will fit that culture We've recently both read the book the ideal team player which is really interesting if you haven't read By, it. Uh, pat lencioni yep give it a read and they they really base that around the three values of being humble hungry and smart but i mean moving on from that it's it's how we've 
guess, fostered that environment here and helped that to grow. The time spent with the team members, not just throwing people in. That's it. It's, you know, having those quarter cuddles, having, you know, the huddle each week, having professional development each week with everyone together and getting the team together at every opportunity possible. And then having, we've got 30-minute weekly one-on-ones with each, each staff member here where we sit down and go through their goals. So we'll give them three, we'll get them to figure out three personal goals, three professional goals. We'll help them tie that into each other and then help them sort of build action points, weekly action points around that. Right. To, to hit those goals. Um, and so we're very invested in them, their goals, both personally and professionally. And like Andrew said, before it comes down to, to caring, like we, we really care about them. Um, uh, it was an interesting quote <laughs> I heard a, a long time ago. Uh, and it said, why do you, why do you love your parents? It's because they loved you first. And it's the same thing here. Like you show that care and your empathy and you know, the love that you want to work with them and help them grow. Um, sure. and that will be reciprocated. It's yeah. It's like you you want them to succeed as therapists, but you want them to succeed as people. Like you, I've never been in an environment where everyone actually cares about each other's personal life and successes, and you know we celebrate our, our wins often. And and then probably the other side of that, from a business point of view, is is when we're developing ideas, strategies, goals. It's a team thing. It's not Pete and I going, "Hey guys, we're going to work on this." It's it might still be a direction of Pete and I go, well, we want to do more with certain populations or working with certain referrers, but then it's the team itself that will come up with what's the best strategy for us. Like, sure. yes, Pete and I know our, well, we think we know our culture, but the culture comes from the team overall. So all our direction needs to come from them too. Yeah, right. That's a, that's a big investment from you guys. Uh, quarter cuddle, for those who aren't familiar, that's, uh, that's clinic mastery language for <laughs> essentially a, a once every three months, um, you know, long team meeting. Um, that's expensive, right? You're, you're paying your staff for a couple of hours of time. You're probably putting on food. Um, how do you rationalize that expense? It's hard to, to call it an expense, I guess. When you're doing it. <laughs> and, and you're seeing like, you know, being able to get everyone on board, develop goals for the, for the quarter, for the year as a team, really get everyone invested and have ownership over those goals is, uh, that's worth a lot more than the, you know, the few hours you get paying people um, sure. to be there. And again, you know, it's just showing people that you care, getting them yeah, there. Totally. Yeah, it's, it's an investment, not an expense, right? Yeah, exactly. Sure. So what else does PhysioFit do differently? Uh, there's obviously the, the clinical expertise, great team culture, but I know there's a bunch that happens outside the clinic room that's fairly game-changing. Can you, can you give the listeners a little bit of an insight into that? I love this part of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess initially in our business, the experience wasn't there. Like it was, it was all about the care and the healthcare and your patient outcomes there, um, but not having reception and having, I guess, small one-room clinics. We didn't have that experience, so we wanted to go the complete opposite way when we opened our, our large clinic and give people that amazing experience, like something you would never expect in healthcare. Right. So instead of calling it a, a waiting area, we call it the our welcome room. It's got a big welcome sign on it, <laughs> you know, the welcome staff there rather than the reception staff. And initially, we, we thought we'd change things up and we looked into who could provide the best customer service at the front desk. And... Instead of looking for your traditional receptionist, I guess, we went and hired a barista who had a lot of experience in yeah, wow. like this customer service. So we wanted to change it around and make it all about customer service at the front desk. Uh, just absolutely amazing customer experience there. So we got a proper coffee machine, you know, really, really good coffee beans, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. You know, served in your double wall glass, 
you know, just those little things that people look at and go, wow, like I was definitely not expecting this. So you come in, you have a complimentary, uh, beautiful cup of coffee made by a barista. You can have a large range of herbal teas. You've got free Wi-Fi there. We've got a charging dock, which is PhysioFit branded. Great. And toss the little ones. <laughs> uh, we've also got two massage chairs, which had a, just a kind of interesting story behind that. Andrew and I were about a month before we opened the clinic at the airport. After we've just been to Melbourne for a conference there, and um, we we're sitting in massage chairs at the time, and we we're like, I "Reckon we should get some of these to the clinic." And like, yeah, why not? And then about five minutes later, we're googling it and buying them. So, <laughs> so these, these are like massage chairs you'd see in the shopping center or the airport. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So those big full body ones. Wow. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because <laughs> I come out come out a couple minutes early and, and clients shoo me away, going, "No, no, no my appointment's not till three o'clock. I've got a couple more minutes in this massage chair." Or, <laughs> so um, you're, you're saying patients rock up early to their like? Do you get definitely late late attenders anymore? Oh, look, they're still going to happen, but it's because of traffic, not because they're not uh, not valuing their appointment. They they know that if they're they're ten minutes early, they can have a coffee, they can spend some time in a massage chair. Wow. They, you know, half our, most of our clients enjoy speaking to our, our team at the front. Um, they all get to know them, and that's that's again part of that customer service. We we interviewed people in, from that kind of industry as well as receptionists. We thought, you know, receptionists may be able to take on those skills. That sure. after a couple of uh, interviews, it was very obvious the difference um, and that experience of being good at data entry versus being good at the whole experience. Um, and it was like again a no brainer for us. And you just know that you know people, when people coming into the clinic is to be helped, they're generally in pain. They're generally not in the greatest of moods. So to come sure. in, be welcomed, have a coffee, you know, relax, have a bit of me time. Let's be honest, mm-hmm. um, can already change their their mood and mindset before they even actually step foot in the room. So does that then make a difference for your therapists when a patient come has spent some time in that welcome room in that environment when they step into the treatment room? Is it a different interaction then? Absolutely, yeah. It's you know if if you're if your client's coming in and they're already raving about, you know, the team at the front, they're, they're complimenting the coffees, it gives the team a bit of a buzz. Like it's, oh, they're, they're here, they're, they want to be here, they enjoy being here. So, again, it just flips that mood around. It's not just focusing on like, oh, yeah, I've had a bad day, a bad week. You're already talking about some positive things to start um, the session. So, you know, I think that the, the team likes that they can jump a cross in a gap and get a coffee themselves and sure even last week i heard one of the practitioners ask the, the front desk can i hop in the massage chair for 10 minutes so i think just it's funny how that that one you know welcome experience can can lift the mood of the the whole team's experience as well as the clients yeah wow that's amazing as, as therapists we know that you know someone's mood and the environment can drastically change their pain you know right. if you think it's that if you're playing a footy match and you break a finger you probably don't think twice of it uh, you get back out there and finish it. You know, if you stub your toe coming home at night, it's probably the most painful thing you've ever done in your life. So, <laughs> you know, how you perceive something, if you come in and have a coffee and you're suddenly in a great mood after being in a, a terrible mood um, about the pain, you know, you'll be much more open to, I guess, celebrating with a the therapist there and finding that you are in less pain and getting better results. Right. So essentially creating an amazing environment experience primes patients to get uh, better outcomes. Absolutely. Definitely. Be more positive on their outlook. I've had clients who have come out and, and you comment on it. They, they've kind of halfway through the coffee and I'll, you know, say, look, bring it in with you. Like we'll have our five and 10 minute chat um, for the subjective and, and you get comments like, oh, good. You know, this, this has really helped this morning. Like I needed it or, you know, I've been rushing around dropping off the kids. So it's good to just sit down and have a coffee or 
didn't have time to make on myself. So like, again, it's just, yeah, that, that extra above and beyond. I love it. So what's next for PhysioFit? What's next? Um, to continue growth here, I guess we'd like to continue working on that, on that culture. We still have, you know, a lot of space that we can feel, especially in the mornings. The evenings are very much, I guess, packed out at this stage. Um, most evenings there's no rooms free and no appointments available. So it's, um, how can we branch into the morning? What are the populations that we can help target there? Um, our staff would like to work with so that we can really start to populate that. It's continuing to get our team to, to grow as well. They, I guess, now getting used to lots of goal setting and actually ticking off goals for once. That's another comment from them is, you know, we, we've had goals before, but we never do them. So being accountable <laughs> at work now is helping them achieve more. So I guess that's from a, a real, like, hands-on point of view in the clinic. From, a, I guess, a bigger perspective, he and I are actually looking at how can we change the, I don't know, the pathway, I guess, from, from uni to private practice. Right. And, you know, we've, we've Pete actually had an interesting conversation with someone recently who talked about it was a different field altogether and they talked about doing an internship to learn the ropes and then as they, you know, before they even graduate and then when they finish, they'll, they'll hopefully have a job and they can jump straight into it. And Pete and I were discussing, we're like, wouldn't that be an amazing idea or potential concept for physiotherapy? Like people come out and have no idea about how to be a private practice physio with True. all the, the soft skills and, and just, I guess that, well, let's, let's call it that experiencing care factor. You know, why isn't there more physio internships? Why True. aren't people coming and hanging out a couple of times a week? Learn, like, you know, follow physios, follow a range of different professions and then learn the rope so they're, they're good to go, get the ground running when they graduate. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I guess, guess having talked to, to this um, guy who was in the sort of building field and, and like he'd been offered the job, so he had the job and he just had to do the internship and, and take it at the end. And I was you know, thinking, you know, we know plenty of physio students that work for us as sports trainers, so we know their background, we know they're hungry, humble and smart. So we can look at it that way and then look at, all right, can we interview these people and offer them a job six months before they finish with that internship where they, they come in once or twice a week for maybe six to eight hours all up for the week and they, they learn the ropes. They sit in with, with um, therapists. They, they do one to two hours PD with, with us and other therapists per week. Um, you know, can we develop that perfect therapist from the get-go or at least mm-hmm. get them to a, a very acceptable standard there? And not only that, but the transition of clients, it's very easy. The clients will know who they are. If you're handing a client off to someone and they've been there that whole time, they're just part of it. And not only that, they're part of the team. Sure. Um, so we look at that as saying that we're looking to develop as a fantastic opportunity both for us and for um, physiotherapists. You know, getting a job in sports and musculoskeletal chiropractic physio in Adelaide isn't easy. There's not many jobs available each right. year, and there's about 300 physio graduates each year. And um, so for someone to be able to lock that in six months before they finish, I'm sure they'd be more than happy. Yeah, for sure. That's very exciting. I love it. I love it. Well, as we might work towards wrapping up, if people want to learn more about what you do and have a glimpse into uh, the experience of PhysioFit, where should they go to check you out online? Uh, so they can check us out at physiofitadelaide.com.au is our website. Uh, find us on Facebook, just search PhysioFit or look at it uh, from our website there. And Instagram, we're starting to do more on Instagram now. <laughs> The more, the more fun stuff's on social media where you get to meet us a bit more, hear us chat about different topics. Um, we like interacting and engaging with people. So, yeah, jump on and 
let us know what you think and give us suggestions for more videos. We love educating the public. Fantastic. I love it. Thanks for joining us on this episode, boys. And for the listeners, if you want to learn more about this episode, you can grab all the show notes from clinicmastery.com forward slash podcast. There is all the show notes and links there. Uh, We really appreciate your reviews and ratings on iTunes at the time of recording. We've almost hit the 25 star reviews on uh, iTunes. So we really appreciate that. Thanks for sharing five stars and uh, a little comment of how this has been helpful for you. Thanks for tuning in and we look forward to bringing you another episode really soon. This is the Grow My Clinic podcast by Clinic Mastery, where we help you deliver amazing client experiences to grow your clinic.